All right, Vintage Fam, good morning. Uh, we decided to, to let Pastor Gary, you know, out of, out of his home. Out of quarantine. <laughs> Welcome to the, the great COVID apocalypse of 2020. My wife has informed me I have a bump it on camera. So um, that's what happens when you can't get your hair cut. Hey, we wanted to take some time uh, just to talk a little bit about where we're at as a family and what's going on in just church life and culture. Friday night, we kicked out a building update. A lot of you have been asking about, hey, what's going on with the building? Are we still purchasing a building? And, and so we, we shot a video just to answer a lot of questions and share with you guys where we're at in the process. And I would encourage you, if you have not seen that, to please uh, go to the website, vintagecitychurch.com, and you can find that building update and watch that. I would welcome it if you have any questions or thoughts, uh, feel free, email us, let us know. Um, our email addresses at the church are really simple. It's just our first name, a period, and our last name at VintageCityChurch.com. But um, Tuesday in our, in our team Zoom meeting, uh, Pastor Gary shared some stuff with, with the staff. Would you be willing to share that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, when I woke up Tuesday morning knowing we had staff meeting, I was just praying and I felt like the Lord laid this on my heart, and he spoke this to me. He said, the early church was trying to figure it out. And I thought, isn't that interesting? So he took me to Acts chapter 2, where Peter preaches on the day of Pentecost, and 3,000 people were added to the church. And they were added from all over the Roman Empire. They came from every known region because they were there, the Jews were there for the day of Pentecost, I mean the, the, um, the Passover and the day of Pentecost, and so they stayed once they became Christians. They had nowhere to go. It wasn't like they could go to the church of Colossae yet because it hadn't even been formed. So they had to stay, many of them stayed in Jerusalem after the day of Pentecost and after they were Christians. And that's in verse 41 and then verse 42, it says, all the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to fellowship, to sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper, and to prayer. And a deep sense of awe came over them all, and the apostles performed many miraculous signs. And all of the believers met together in one place and shared everything they had. They sold their property and their possessions, shared their money with those in need. They worshiped together at the temple each day and met in homes for the Lord's Supper and sharing of meals, and there was great joy and generosity. What, what I felt like, Greg, Pastor Greg, what the Lord spoke to me was, you know, God is not setting a precedent here. I, I lived in a Christian commune in the 70s, and the, <laughs> staff, the staff all said, of course you did. I literally lived in a commune, a Christian commune, where we had all things in common because we thought this passage should be lived out in our life. That's not what the Lord is saying here. Out of necessity, they had all things in common. Out of necessity, they met in homes and at Solomon's portico in the temple. Out of necessity, they did these things. Later on, you're gonna see Barnabas in chapter four sell a piece of property and give it to the apostles for the needs of the church. Then you're gonna see after chapter seven where the church is dispersed because of persecution. What really struck me is if you read the book of Acts, the, the leaders of the church were constantly trying to find out what is God saying for us, what needs to be done, and really in this COVID season, that's really what's happening. We are seeking the Lord 
diligently in asking him because none of us have been through this before. They, they had all things in common. They threw everything in a common pot at the time because they had those type of needs. Today, that's not the thing. It may come in the future, but you know, people are wanting, have told me all my Christian pastoral experience, we need to be meeting in homes. We need to be meeting in homes. It's more scriptural than meeting in homes. Now, people are meeting in homes and they're saying, we need to meet corporately. We need to meet corporately. We need to meet corporately. I, I just want us to understand throughout the book of Acts, chapter 15, chapter 16, every time they came into a, a crisis, they came together, and I love in chapter 15, it seemed good to us and the Holy Spirit. And that's really what I shared with the staff, that we can have peace that the leadership of the church is hearing God and trying to obey what he is saying to us in this season. Yeah, I, I just thought it was such a, a poignant word because it's the truth that we're doing the same thing that I, my hope and prayer that you're doing is just spending time face to face with Jesus and making sure he has full access to, to who we are and asking a lot of questions. And I wanted to address it because there's been a, a fair amount of email and text communication uh, with, with a lot of understandable frustration about, hey, what are we doing? Why, why aren't we gathering? Uh, why, are we, why are we letting the government tell us what to do? And I wanted to just address it and talk about it as a family. My heart is always focused on how are we, re- how are we representing Jesus in the culture? Because Deuteronomy 18 really talks about us in the, in the kingdom, and I know it's speaking about the priest, but it's really talking about the priesthood of believers if we take what Peter teaches and what Deuteronomy teaches and we put them all together. And it just says that we represent God to man, and I think it's important that we consider how are we representing Jesus right now. One of the things that I'm incredibly grateful for in the state of Colorado is that Governor Polis has done regular interfaces through Zoom meeting and to conference call with the clergy leaders and with faith-based leaders. And so I wanted to actually read the, the transcript from the call that we had this last week. Uh, this was him talking, and I'm just gonna read a few excerpts that we're, st- he's just saying we're still evaluating if Safer at Home is working. May 24th or 25th is when we believe we'll have enough data gathered to assess the safer at home season. And this will be a key in moving forward. He goes on to say, we don't know when churches will be able to gather again. We anticipate that churches of 50 or less will be able to meet in June. It's not official yet, but we anticipate this will happen. We're looking to form subgroups and focus groups to work on what reopening looks like. And he just goes through a really, a really exhaustive list he just says larger churches will be slower in opening, which uh, vintage, that's us, where we would classify as a larger church. I loved this statement that he made because it, it just caught me as such an honor statement towards us in the body of Christ. He said, we are going to err on the side of freedom, of religion, and the right to assemble. And we are trusting that churches will be wise in configuring their gatherings to help control the spread of the virus. And then he ended with this. We, we're at about 1,000 deaths in Colorado, which obviously is tragic. But this is far less than projected if we had not done anything to mitigate it. And then he thanked the church leaders. He said, thank you for honoring the directives of government. 
What happened inside of me was very simple. I am in no way, shape, or form willing to violate that kind of honor with a stance that says we get to meet, we have our First Amendment. But I didn't wanna just make my own decision because I, I think in leadership it's easy at times to try to read the signs and make a decision. My, my, des my desperate belief is everything I do has to be vetted with Jesus. I have to have the Holy Spirit's voice. So I sat down Friday morning with the Lord and just said, I, this is where we're at. Am, am I making a mistake by honoring this and keeping us closed? And the, the word of the Lord to me was, you are not in a position to defy the government. I will not be part of it. I, I'm gonna be as honest as I know how. I will obey the word of the Lord over everything because Absolutely. I think that's all that is required of us as men and women in the kingdom. We just have to be people that will honor the voice of the Lord. Pastor, what if you're missing it? It's possible. We all see in part and know in part, but I would much rather make a statement out of faith saying, Lord, this is what I believe you said and miss it because I know my father and I know our father is always gracious to anything that's done out of faith. And that's in the book of Acts. That's what they did. They asked the Lord. He was faithful to meet them where they were at and to direct them. But that posture of humility and coming to him rather than making the decision just on our own. There was a lot of questions that went on in the, in the governor call and, and some things that were asked of him. He talked about the difference between county and state and just said, really, it's, it's a Larimer County decision. It's, a, it's an individual county decision on how this is lived out because the county has the right to supersede the state. And so he just shared with us kind of the, the way it's gonna move forward. And I understand, like, I myself, like all of us, am tired. This is, for us in the team, I mean, I am so proud of our team because this is way Absolutely. harder than showing up and, and, and having a gathering together as a family. It's, it's substantially less fun. Um, I miss hugging on you guys. I miss worshiping together. I miss hearing your voices. Yes. Um, there's so many things that tonight, on, um, you know, I'm hanging out with some friends just to, just to get together on a Zoom call, and I never thought that that was gonna be how I hung out with friends, and you're all probably feeling the same way. Wednesday night, I, I snuck into to the, the Zoom meeting with the prayer team, and if you, if you didn't know that was happening, there's a, there's a Wednesday night Zoom prayer gathering that happens every week at 6.30, and there's just people getting together to pray, and I, what an amazing thing to do. So we're trying to do our best in this season to walk it out, but I wanted to kind of share my thoughts on our gatherings, which is I wanna do our best to honor the government, and here's why. We're not isolated in this situation. We have been asked to go through the same set of circumstances that everybody else is going through around us. Throughout the history of the people of God, that is how the Lord has dealt with his people. He's actually allowed them to go through the same thing as the world around them, but they were to go through it with a different grace, with a different tenacity, and with a different joy. And so we should never ask to be removed from our circumstances. Instead, we should be asking the Lord. In fact, I was in James this week studying, and where James says, count it all joy, consider it all joy. The word there literally means to make a declaration to yourself. It means to take authority over yourself and say, no, you're gonna find joy in this. That was such an important word for me to grab onto. So we're gonna do our best to just walk in incredible honor. We're gonna be as creative as we can to get together. I don't know what it's gonna look like, but we'll keep you 
in the loop and, and we'll keep passionately trying to figure out ways creatively. One of my thoughts, then I don't know if we'll be able to pull it off, is as soon as they say, hey, we can do 50, we're gonna try to figure out how to open the, the, the venue while we're doing worship gatherings and invite people in and then maybe throw some PA out in the parking lot and let's have some fun with it. I'm enjoying just watching the family of God learn how to go through this, but I wanna challenge something. Fear causes one of two reactions in most human beings. It either causes a desire to control your circumstances or to become a victim of your circumstance. God has not given us a spirit of fear, but power, love, and a sound mind. And I wanna challenge us to rise up. I want you to, to hear um, a passage in Philippians that the prayer team sent over to me this week because I think it's the right answer. In Timothy, Paul gives us our mandate. He says, as far as our response towards leadership, we are to pray for all people and pray for all leaders in authority because the scriptures would teach God places leaders in authority. I know that my heart covets your prayers. Yep. I think Gary would say we covet your prayers, but more than that, let's be praying for Larimer County. Let's be praying for Governor Polis. Let's honestly take our stance in this as the people of God and say we are gonna pray and cover those in authority. In Philippians 4, I love Paul's words here in, in verse four. Always be full of joy in the Lord. I say it again, rejoice. Let everyone see that you are considerate in all you do. Remember, the Lord is coming soon. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need. Thank him for what he's done. If you do this, you will experience God's peace, which is far more wonderful than any human can understand. And his peace will guard your hearts and mind yeah. as you live in Christ Jesus. And now, dear brothers and sisters, let me say one more thing as I close this letter. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right. Think about things that are pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Keep putting into practice all you learned from me and heard from me and saw me do. And the God of peace will be with you. Amen. That's my heart cry for us, that we're super considerate, we're easy to lead, we find ourselves just be, being conduits of blessing. You don't have to like something to bless it. You just have to understand the power of blessing, the power of declaration. Right. So I want to encourage us to do that. You shared something the Lord gave you a long time ago. Yeah. Would you share that? Yeah. It if the government ever said to us, you can't preach the gospel, yeah, we're you, gonna know preach. Where, you know where we'd stand. <laughs> but that's not what's happening here. But a couple years ago, I was pastoring in San Francisco, and I was standing in the back of the church, and you could see the Pacific Ocean. And I was praying, and all of a sudden, I felt like the Lord gave me this, this word through a picture, and I saw like a water spout coming from the Pacific Ocean. And as it hit the shore, it became a tornado. And people begin to see it and freak out and start to run from it. And as this tornado came through the yards in San Francisco, I, I saw this one house that was grass grown up, weeds everywhere. There were children's toys, like a playhouse turned over. There, there was a couple bicycles that grass was growing through. And as the tornado came through, instead of picking that stuff up and destroying it, it actually set it back down in order. And I felt like the, 
the Lord said to me then, there's going to be something happen that's going to come from the west to the east, east to the west, that's going to look like it's going to tear things up. It's going to be that vortex, but instead it's going to set things in order. And when we started this process, all of us, I heard from so many people, both in our church and throughout the the continent and, and throughout the world saying, God is shaking, God is shaking, God is shaking, but we forget the last part of that. In, in uh, Hebrews chapter 12, it says, this remain, remains that all creation will be shaken so that that which God wants to will remain. And so we look at this COVID thing as this tornado that's destroying lives. I see it as God setting things in order. And I don't know how it's going to hap- you know, end up but I do trust a sovereign God to move. Uh, you know, He has our best interest in mind. You hear me say it all the time. He's God all by himself, and he always has been, but he is setting things in order for us, Pastor Greg. I really believe that. I think so, no question. I would love to do something as we kind of wrap this up. One, just to remind you, be strong in the Lord. Paul okay. says it all the time. Be strong in the Lord. What does that mean? It means I have to learn to make the Lord my refuge, my dwelling place. Yes. We talk about it almost weekly here. This is an incredible season to get face to face with the Lord and develop an encounter like you never have. Develop a place to hear his voice. Amen. If you're feeling really stirred up right now, I just want to invite you to put your hand on your heart and I want to pray over, maybe it's fear, uh, maybe you're freaked out to go out of your house, maybe the fact that we're less than six feet apart is a concern. But I want to just honestly pray the peace of God over us as a, home, as a, as a household. So would you join me? Amen. Jesus, we submit ourselves to you first and foremost. Yes, Lord. There is nothing, no weapon formed against us that will prosper. There's nothing the enemy can do that supersedes your sovereignty. We sang about that this morning that you're sovereign, you're in control. And right now, Holy Spirit, would you begin to minister peace to places of fear? Whether it's financial fear, whether it's honest fear of health, whether it's, it's a fear of the government taking over, all of these things, we submit them to you and say, we trust in our God. Yes. We trust in your ability to watch over us, to care for us. We know that we are not abandoned and alone. And so right now, we just ask for perfect peace to rest. Well, for homes that have been maybe in turmoil together, maybe infighting and difficulty, we just declare peace. Yes. For addictions that have manifested, things that have come to the surface, we declare peace. Well, for places of historic wounding that have come back to the surface like never before, we declare yes. peace. Yes, God. We lay ourselves before you, trusting in you, We don't trust in in people and governments. The Old Testament's so clear, some trust in chariots, some in horses. But as for us, we're gonna remember the name of our God when it comes time to trust. And we just declare back to you, King of glory, you are faithful. Yes, Father. Faithful and true. It's what Revelation says is written about you. It is one of the names given to you, faithful and true. And so I just declare that right now over us, as a household over the churches around this city, that there'd just be calm, Amen. there'd be peace, 
that it would be said of us after this season, wow, they really know how to honor authority, how to honor leaders. We love you. Mm -hmm. Pray your grace upon our homes today. Yes. As we spend the rest of our day just enjoying each other and having fun together, we give you glory and honor. In Jesus' name. Yes, Father. Amen. 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 Don't forget, uh, if you haven't seen it already, please go watch the building update. We're in a, a, a great spot. We're in a spot that we really need to kind of dig in as a family and, and do everything we can to push this thing through to the end. I'm excited for what the Lord's doing, and I don't want us to ever lose sight of that. Amen. I think we're getting ready to watch a harvest like we've never seen before. Uh, love you, fam. See ya. Yeah.